Hello everyone and welcome back. This is part two of the World of Work live event. This live event which took place in October and it was really wrapping up the first season of the World of Work where the focus was on what to do if you are out there in the job market, which we do realize it is a complicated market out there. It's probably much more supply than there is a demand at the moment. So based on that, what are some job strategies that you need to rethink, redo, and maybe reset your expectations? So we continue the conversation with the guest panelists. And in particular now, it is with Sunita Mahotra talking about practical tips on what to do when you're repositioning yourself. Let's tune in. So the first is preparation. Preparation has three aspects to it. The first is figure out for yourself what your skills and competencies are. And I call this bucket or circle, if you will, can do. What can I do? So what are my skills and competencies? Because now the market is looking much more at skill sets. They're not looking at jobs. They're looking at skills and experiences. One very, very simple way to do that, very simple, take a blank sheet of paper, write your list of accomplishments, things you're proud of, things you've done, literally from your childhood. You know, my earliest memory is six when I did something uh, good and, and I was proud of. It sounds weird what I'm saying, but trust me, if you and I've done this, so I know it works. If you write this list of accomplishments, from that, you can pull out your skills and competencies. You will be surprised. You will think, oh my God, this was so obvious to me. And oh, there it is. So it's a trend, right? So first, things you can do, many other ways to do it, but figure out your skills and competencies. Second, what is it that you want to do? This is that perfect moment to say, what inspires me? What drives me? What's my passion, right? Simple, blank sheet of paper. I love blank sheets of papers. Uh, left column, what I love doing, what I can do 24 hours a day. Right column, what I absolutely hate doing and I will not do and I'll never want to do in my life, right? Something to figure out what you want to do. That's the second. And the third is who am I? And, you know, I'm not going to give you long lectures on value propositions and personal brands. There's loads of stuff on Google, but who am I? What is it that I am bringing, you know, to the table? Why me versus somebody else? Thinking about that. And there are many, many ways to do that. But also, what are my constraints? And we have to be realistic. You know, sometimes it's a geographical constraint. Nowadays, there could be a financial constraint. So what is it that, am I the only breadwinner in the family? You know, do I need to think about certain things? So that third bucket is about who am I, but also what are my family and geographical financial constraints, if you will. So what I can do, my skills and competencies, what I want to do, what my constraints are. The, the beauty of it is that's the sweet spot. Right. If you find the interse intersection of these three circles, if I picture them as uh, circles, that's the sweet spot. Once you figure that out, then you can just begin to build scenarios. So a scenario could be I've been in corporate life. I want to continue in corporate life in the same industry. Another scenario could be, as Paula, I think very nicely said, she's at a stage in her life where she says, I'm being an entrepreneur and I'm testing out the market and I'm trying something different. Uh, I know of somebody in my family who said, I want to do a startup. Let me try that out, right? And, and, and it's endless because the market has flex things, virtual jobs. I mean, there's, again, loads and loads and loads of research of how the world of work is changing. So think of scenarios. Once you've done that, you've prepared, okay? So that's first step, done. Check, you know, 
not so easy, of course, it's hard work. Uh, it'll probably take you a lot of time to actually do that. So invest, you know, invest in yourself. Second step is targeting. And when I say targeting, let's take a concrete example. If one of your scenarios is I'm in corporate life, you know, I'm somewhere in the middle of my career and I want to continue in big corporate, then your scenario, your targeting starts with three things. Again, I love three things, as you can see, right? First is target the list of industries. So what are the industries that you want to work in or might like to work in? And what do you not want to work in? Now, the not sometimes is fascinating because it's very easy for us as humans to know what we don't want. You know, some people may say, I don't agree with the gun industry, so I don't want to work there. So simply, again, what you want, what you don't want, but a target list of industries. Then from that, you can draw the target list of companies, very concretely saying, if I want to work in the fast-moving consumer goods, uh, I would like to work for Coca-Cola, and I definitely would not like to work for P&G, right? So target list of companies. And then most importantly is the target list of networks. Now, networks, um, and you know, there's a whole podcast on that. You can watch the, watch part one and part two, right, Paula? Done by Paula, me, and, and Susan. But simply networks is people you know, right? The obvious ones that are around you. Recruiters, we have some already online. So all these, how many people are online now, Irina? 23, 25 today? We have 28. Yes, 28. So that's my call to fill in that Excel sheet because you've just had 28 people multiplied by however many people we know, right? People you know, recruiters and social media. I mean, that's a world out there. I know Irina is the millennial generation, so she'll share more about it and Andrea, but there's LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, right? Telegram, I'm, I'm losing track myself. So targeting, industries, companies, networks. So that's the second step. Now you've prepared, you know your target, hard work, hard work, guys and, and ladies and gentlemen, I say, because this is half the work. And there will be moments where you will pull your hair out and you'll say, oh my God, I'm not getting to the sweet spot. That's cool because from chaos will come confusion. But you need to prepare, you need to invest because if you go slow to go, you will go really fast, trust me. And I, I'm saying this, having done it myself, having seen many of the execs, but also younger people that I work with having done that. So that's step two. And then the third, networking. Um, I won't bore you with all the details, but again, three things. First, be very clear on your outcome and your objective. Networking is not about, oh, I want to find a job. Be very clear what you want from the network. It's a give and take. You know, Paula is today a friend of mine. I, I uh, worked with her in Philip Morris. She's a friend. She's became my network 25, 30 years later. Did I know that at the moment? No, but there was a lot of give and take in the relationship along the way. So that's second. And third, remember a network is not one person. So I might know, I, I don't know, millions of people. Irina knows another million. That's your network. So it's not the four or five people that you choose. It's the people they know. So be clear on the outcome, give and take. And again, you know, it's a much broader network than you, when, than you have. And now that you have your preparation, you know your target, you kind of have a sense of your network. What do you actually do with a network? And this comes a little bit to me very soon. I'm going to turn the word over to Irina about how do you stand out? How do you shine, right? I, I don't have all the answers, but I have two or three very concrete examples of what I've seen people do, right? that works effectively. 
I've seen people actually read all the media that there's out there, figure out an issue in a company. So example, you're gonna work, you wanna work for Coca-Cola, what's going on for Coca-Cola at this moment that's a burning issue for them? And there are many ways to find that out, right? Through your social networks, through LinkedIn, through, yeah, you name it, websites. Find out where you can add value on that specific issue in your network, try and find somebody through LinkedIn or other media who is involved in that issue and have a conversation. And so it becomes very specific. It's about an issue that's on the mind of the company itself. It's a fantastic tool, trust me, because sometimes there are no jobs, but I think as Paula said, they will create one for you. And I'm saying that also from my HR experience. Uh, they'll say, wow, we didn't actually have that job out there. It's not published out there, but it was a hidden job. We were thinking about it. So there are lots of hidden jobs out there. So you might just have that first. And then the second, CVs, great. We are still in the CV world. Yes, we use recruitment agencies. Thank you, right? Uh, keeping uh, many of you in jobs. But what is eye-catching? What, what really stands out, right? And, and two examples that struck me. One was I've seen Amazon does it, but I know many other companies do it. They don't want CVs anymore. They want a commercial, they want a YouTube video. They want to know who you are in a YouTube creative, innovative manner, right? Okay, there are many other companies that ask for those kind of things. So how do you stand out? The one that I love is somebody actually during a network conversation did a metaphor. And he said, he said, you know, I'm a bottle of wine. Um, and this was during a conversation, obviously, but he also made a little video and posted it on LinkedIn. And he said, and now I need to decide whether I'm the nice wine or, you know, which is 15 years old or I'm the average wine that you drink quickly. So, so what is that, right? What kind of wine am I? And that's really skills and competencies, right? What am I offering? The label on the bottle is my CV. So that's all the ingredients that you see on the back side of the bottle, right? You know, what's there? Which region does it come from? What are the other things that have gone into making of it? So that's the CV. The consumer is identified targeting, you know, is it the Carrefour or the Deleuze or the, you know, whatever is in Switzerland and the other countries? Or is it that specialized wine shop, you know, where I want to position? So that's targeting. That's about the company. What's the price of my bottle? Uh, you know, how am I actually pricing this? Is it a cheaper wine? Is it, where am I? And this goes to a little bit of, I think what Karine said, unfortunately these days in the market, sometimes you do have to take pay cuts, but again, you have some other benefits. So what's that? And then what's the culture of the company? You know, am I, do I want to be in a company that drinks the wine and just closes the bottle and dumps it? Uh, or the one that sits there and sips it and tastes it, you know, et cetera. So, I thought this was cool. It's something around the six P's of marketing. So whatever is your way, find it, prepare, target, network, and then use those networks, right? Um, and I love this subject, so I could go on forever, and that's not the aim because there are many more uh, voices on here. So yes, forgive me for getting well, away. We, we we love you for that. We love you for loving it, and 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 I'm sure people could always connect with you afterwards. And I do want to share in the meantime the results of the poll uh, in terms of we've had uh, we've had about seventy percent of the people responding, um, and it's a fairly uh, less than six months is the majority of the people. Um, if you are on the markets, less than six months that you have been looking for a role. But more interestingly, Sunita linked a little to what you were saying, and I'm not sure if people can see 
the 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 polling results here. Um, but the number one, if I were to say, you know, what's the number one part of the job strategy process where people would really like to get better at, it is what you were also mentioning before about the networking, but also networking with the right people, right? The moment you are able to make your lists and make your analysis and find your sweet spot, then that's the moment to start activating the right network and then how to do that that I, I do encourage you as well to listen to the podcast with Sunita and Susan, because I think it does give valuable inputs, especially in terms of having an objective in mind when you are uh, networking. But while you were speaking, I've had a call, a call, not a call, as you can see, I was not on the phone, but I've had a chat question, which I will try to articulate uh, as well. There are some jobs that are not necessarily standard jobs um, out there, and they could be more creative jobs, jobs that don't necessarily either come on a LinkedIn application, don't necessarily come with a job title, don't necessarily come with a job description, unless you may, may want to call it graphic designer, or you want to call it creative director, or you want to call it in the, again, out of your typical industry type of jobs. What would you recommend, and this is for everyone actually, how to position yourself if you have these multiple type of skill sets that ultimately land within a creative, whether it's it's too simple to say graphic design, but it tends to be boxed into a job description. How do you move out of that box? How do you position yourself as uh, an experienced professional creative director that can actually spend their skills in different areas and in different type of jobs? How do you break out of some of the rigid paradigms that we find in job descriptions and job titles? It's not an answer, but my immediate reflection when you say this, Paula, is that um, in, in a world where flexibility and agility is you know, one of the buzzwords, right? And where companies are asking for that. I think that if you have quite diverse experience and you've done different things I think this is a significant asset because you know what will you do you will you will bring the experiences from your backpack to bear and if you have quite diverse experience then you can integrate and interlink so if, if that is your situation then I would really think about okay what has brought me to this point that I have this diverse experience what do I really love and what are my selling points? And the selling points are really this bringing together the diverse experience and the flexibility and the agility that results from that. So, so that would be my in the moment thought on this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also it links me to uh, another question that we've also had. It's more related to, to the ladies out there. Uh, so I'll, I'll ask the gentleman to excuse me on this question, but uh, sometimes for personal reasons, we may take a break from work and that break may be linked to family, maternity or other uh, uh, very legitimate reasons, I would dare say. And then it's kind of hard to reposition yourself in the market when companies see that gap in your CV or even those who decide to take a sabbatical break. You know, the, the difficulties in breaking out of a very rigid way of looking at curriculums and Sunita I do understand there are people who are doing YouTubes we have somebody as well who has been asked to do uh, a video within in marketing to present herself and to kind of sell herself and what's her unique proposition and why should a company be hiring her so videos are becoming 
a very popular way of, of doing that. But the questions are all related around how do you fill that gap when you know that that gap has been really focused on other priorities in your life? And how do you make sure you're not losing out or being discriminated? I use that word, my word, not the word of the person who asked the question uh, uh, in a job market, which tends to be driven by algorithms and therefore tends to quickly uh, say this CV, yes, this CV, no, based on pre-populated, if you will, formulas and, and equations. So I, I really open it up to um, to the panel. As you can tell, I'm already taking questions because I'm, I'm uh, conscious of time too, uh, as we are at 2.30 and I wanna give an opportunity for, uh, to have an interactive conversation and to be a little bit this maître of ceremonies and, and, and putting questions out there to, to the panelists to be able to support some of our participants. I'm happy to add just something on that from an HR perspective and also from a woman perspective. I, I think it depends a little bit on what companies you're looking at, because yes, if you are going for the traditional companies that are not looking at sabbaticals or not looking at, how, you know, that women or men need to take some time off, then sometimes it's about deciding, and that goes back to what Karin said, recalibrate expectations because maybe those are not the companies that you actually want to be going towards. And that's opening up a little bit your mind and expectations. That, that's been my sense and my experience from what I've had and heard. And I can, I can jump in to say that when you start the process, you would be surprised how many are actually open to have such profiles as a part of their organization because Diversity is becoming a big topic and diversity is no more revolving around gender. It is also coming along from the experiences that you've had, the breaks that you have taken, the industries that you have not worked for, and et cetera, et cetera. There are a lot of people welcoming people who want to come back after a career break. So give it a try. Don't be disappointed if you don't get a yes in the first chance itself, uh, but, but keep trying. But I would also add to that a little bit, Mona. Um, I, I think it's also about owning your decision in a way, right? If you if you decided that this is what you wanted to do, um, because you know whatever the reasons are, this made sense to you at that moment in time, then I think it goes a long way to also being articulate and saying why this was critical um, to you at that point in time regardless of some of the job consequences that may you know, be perceived to be the consequence of that decision, right? I, I think if you can be stronger um, and, and feel more secure in that, I think that that will also be a really big help. Um, and, and I would say something maybe a little bit more generically, because this is about, um, you know, algorithms and, and how do you get your CV to the top of a pile? Uh, I, I don't think that you can rely on LinkedIn or whatever search engine to put you to the top of a pile, right? Even if, we, if you see, oh, I'm top 10 of, of, of LinkedIn applicants, I, I think you still need to find other ways to then make sure that you're getting noticed. So for me, the way I have done that and the way I have done that for others is that um, 
you know, I'll, I'll try and see, is there someone that I know within my network that, you know, has some insight into that organization where I can then maybe approach the hiring manager or the recruiter and, you know, go directly, targeted to them with a story of what I find interesting, why I'm motivated in the company, why I'm motivated in the job, what I could do in order to actually make a contribution. So I, I think, you know, find that way in <laughs> um, so that, you know, you don't leave it up to chance and the search engines and the algorithms in a way um, to, to put your, your CV to the top of the list. This is where I have to step in a little bit, uh, Karen, because of <laughs> you just put it into uh, into my sector, basically. And I do have to mention the social media etiquette that uh, obviously is there to support us. It's not something that we should be afraid of. It's not something that uh, comes out of the blue that we need to uh, completely adapt to that we haven't been using uh, before. I think we just need to tailor a little bit our approach and make use of the technology that is available to us these days to even get closer to that actual job. Maybe it's a job that's been advertised. Maybe in most cases, it might not be a job that is advertised. It might be a job that you can co-create or you can, uh, you can really step in because you have a particular skill or achievement that a company is looking for. So, I'm talking about the social media etiquette in our podcast episode as well. I think this is something that we need to be mindful about because first of all, you will still be communicating with uh, human beings on the other end. So we should treat them as human beings. And as much as you can put your value proposition out there, if it is on LinkedIn and if you find somebody that uh, you have in common with the company that uh, you're looking to apply for or that you're interested in, your passions and contributions match that particular field, then why not look for people that you can communicate with directly because that will help you stand out. That's exactly how I, as a recruiter, will filter through 200-something applicants and realize that uh, this particular name rings a bell and this person has reached out to me and told me more about what they're doing, why they're interested in this role. And I might actually pay more attention because they've gone above and beyond to catch my attention for this position. I'm sure line managers will react uh, similarly. If you just make it a little bit easier for them to recognize you and not the other hundreds of applicants that uh, are in that process. So this is where I think uh, a little bit more, more activity, more interest, uh, more effort could be used on the social media strategy as well for you to promote your identity and uh, your digital identity as well, because here we are, we are digitally available to you and this is our uh, identity here. We are in a world where we're moving slightly to the virtual Interviews are uh, moving into a virtual direction. Some onboarding I've heard is uh, moving into the virtual direction as well. So we will be getting more proficient in these skills. And whilst we're at it, we might as well use social media to help us get that job that we desire. 
Very well said. And what I what I love about this multi-generational conversation is that it helps us in the different generations that we're in to see technology as, as really as an, as an extra tool for us to be able to achieve what we want to achieve. And I think we've broadened the conversation to say, well, it's not only about applying online because 70% of the jobs are not online. You will not be able to find an opportunity, or let's say there are lower chances because of everything we've said before. And this force fitting of a CV into a standard job description, that's almost old school. So I've, just to, to summarize a little bit, honor your decisions. Like Karen was also saying, honor your values. If you've decided to take a break from your career, you've decided to pursue other priorities, stay confident to that, honor that, and find different ways of anyway connecting to the relevant people that you want to connect to, to the relevant industries, using social media to do so, without right away sending a CV. I mean, when I was in the corporate world, people would connect with me on LinkedIn. And even before we had a, hi, how are you conversation, they would send their CV. Now, that's not the best approach. That really isn't. Because when you're on the corporate side of things, the last thing you want, because you're overwhelmed with many other things to do, and maybe that's not even your role, because everything is through a talent acquisition, is through a portal that anyway you need to redirect people towards. So that is, I would say it's not the best way of networking and targeting, uh, let's say, corporate professionals that may help you in your, in your, next, um, in your next step. Um, now, I'm also conscious of the fact we have 17 minutes to go. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground from looking into the external, what's the job market telling us and what's, what's, what we can do about it in terms of resetting expectations. I do want to open it up to, to other questions. If you have them, please feel free to use the, the, the chat. Thank you, Oliver. I see you. And as I reflect on my last 20 years, Oliver is saying, all my roles have been found through networking, really reminding me of the importance of that channel. And Sunita, of course, so true. Uh, very, very true. And, and also, I'm happy to share my experience has always been 90% through networking and the remaining 10% uh, headhunters. So never has it really been through any kind of sending a CV through an online application. So here ends part two of the World of Work, the live event, which we did a couple of weeks ago. And from here on, we open it up to the participants to check their questions, check the chats, check the polls, and also finally check what's wowing all of us. So make sure you tune in to the final part three of the World of Work live event of the WOW. Until then, take good care.